Into the Grove by Madonna was the main featured song from the star's movie Desperately Seeking Susan. Released at the end of the promotional campaign for her Like a Virgin album, the track would be retrofitted onto that LP, but was actually a huge advancement for the singer as it marked her debut as a producer. The song would never be released as a single in the US, but would achieve huge chart success around the world on its release in July 1985, the very centre of the 1980s, and at a point when Madonna was undoubtedly the biggest star in the universe. It would reach number one in Australia, Belgium, Finland, Iceland, Ireland, Italy, Netherlands, New Zealand, Spain and the UK. It's been labelled by many as Madonna's first really great track, which considering the success she had already received at this point, only goes to show how admired Into the Groove is. At its heart is a powerful synth riff which travels across the audio spectrum from bass to high end and Madonna's helium charged vocals command the listener to get on the dance floor. Madonna would rework the song in 2003 as part of a promotional campaign for fashion outlet The Gap, but it's the original version along with a 1987 remix which still receives regular airplay and is considered by many to be the ultimate 1980s dance track. I'll be playing you the demo of the song, which ended up being used in the movie, along with the isolated tracks from the recording session, and yes, you'll hear that bass line. So for now, sit back, listen, come, 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 come on, as we go inside into the groove. Hello, my name is Edward Russell, and once again, I've been really enjoying your comments on social media. Don't forget that we are on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, so it's a great way to interact and talk with the other fans as well about our favorite pop star. Before I go any further, I've got a special request for all listeners. If you're listening to this episode before Monday 6th of July 2020, then please, please, please vote for Inside the Groove at the British Podcast Awards. All you need to do is go to the website, britishpodcastawards.com forward slash vote. Search for Inside the Groove and add your vote. It will ask you to confirm this by email, and that's all you need to do. And it would mean so much if we could win the Listener's Award. And talking of listeners, I've been looking at some of your comments. It seems some of you, having listened to the Erotica episode, believe that the song Love Hurts, which you can hear underneath my speaking now, was possibly a demo done by Junior Vasquez. Now, this is possibly true. I don't know for definite. My feeling is that it's a Shep Pettibone track. Um, but it's possibly Junior. We know that he first had a credit for a Madonna song for Vogue on the I'm Breathless artwork. It's believed that Junior introduced Madonna to the ballroom scene in the late 1980s, inspiring her to write the song. He remixed Secret and a number of other tracks for Madonna and was rumoured to have actually recorded some original material with Madonna, but there's no evidence of this. Um, was he a co-writer of Love Hurts? Possibly. I think not. It doesn't really sound like one of Junior's tracks. And Shep claims to have been in the room where Madonna first came up with the uh, My Name Is Dieter style lyrics, so that would possibly suggest it's a Shep track. But I'd like to know for definite, so if you've got more evidence, please let me know. But on to this episode's track, Into the Groove. Again, I took to social media to ask people what their favourite thing about the song was. For lots of people, it just makes you want to dance, and you cite Madonna's vocals as just being so empowering. 
But the two things I kept hearing again and again was the brilliant middle eight, which gets repeated twice in the song, but also that bass line. And don't worry, you'll be hearing it in a short while. The song was recorded possibly at the end of 1984 or the beginning of 1985 and is a co-write and co-production between Madonna and Stephen Bray. Madonna and Bray met in Michigan at the university Madonna was attending before she left to find stardom as a dancer in New York. Two years later, Madonna called Stephen and invited him to New York to be part of the band that she was in, Breakfast Club, and Stephen joined to become a drummer. Madonna then left the band and formed her own band called Emmy and the Emmys, and Stephen was part of that group too. Madonna and the band were signed to Gotham Management, and they were creating rock-orientated music, but it wasn't really where Madonna's heart was. So as a side project, her and Stephen Bray created more sort of dance-orientated music. Even after signing to Sire, Madonna stayed working with Stephen, but none of the tracks that they wrote together ended up on her first LP, but instead a couple of the tracks ended up on Like a Virgin. These included Stay, Angel, Pretender, Over and Over. Stephen would also write a number of key songs throughout Madonna's 1980s career, including True Blue, Causing a Commotion and Express Yourself. Despite the association with the movie Desperately Seeking Susan, Into the Groove wasn't actually written for it. It was actually created for a project of producer Mark Kamins. Mark was the producer of Madonna's very first single, Everybody, and he had an artist called Shine, and Madonna was due to write a song for that artist, but instead kept the song for herself. Apparently that infuriated Mark. She retorted, I'm tough, I'm ambitious, and I know exactly what I want. If that makes me a bitch, that's okay. I'll talk about the production of the song shortly, but Madonna has commented on the composition itself. She describes the song as dorky. She told Time magazine that she came up with the song whilst watching a Latin boy across her balcony. She said, When I was writing it, I was sitting in a four-floor walk-up on Avenue B, and there was this gorgeous Puerto Rican boy sitting across me that I wanted to go out on a date with, and I just wanted to get the song over with. I ultimately did go out with him and the song was finished just before my last date with him, which I'm kind of happy that it did not continue. The dance floor was quite a magical place for me. I started off wanting to be a dancer, so that had a lot to do with the song. The freedom that I always feel when I'm dancing, that feeling of inhabiting your body, letting yourself go, expressing yourself through music, I always thought of it as a magical place, even if you're not taking ecstasy. Hence that came to me as the primary inspiration for Into the Groove. The song is, of course, widely associated with the 1985 Susan Seidelman movie Desperately Seeking Susan, which co-starred Madonna and Rosanna Arquette. If you've not seen the movie, then do. It's one of the best 1980s movies out there. It's not glamorous, it's not full of drama, but it just perfectly captures the mood. As does the song, of course, although Into the Groove was not the original choice for the soundtrack. Madonna and Stephen Bray had come up with an original conversation called Desperately Seeking Susan. And another writer, Michael Braman, also came up with a song called Desperately Seeking Susan, but both were overshadowed by Into the Groove and remained totally unheard and unreleased. When Susan Seidelman heard the song Into the Groove, a demo version, she loved it and said she wanted to use it over the closing titles of the movie. 
Madonna said she would re-record it, but Susan said it was perfect as it was and went ahead with the demo version, which can be heard in the movie itself. It's not great quality, but you get to hear what the song originally sounded like. It's not massively different, it's mainly the mixing which is a bit altered from the final version, but you get an idea of how it had sounded in its early stages, and this is what it sounds like now. Now to me the main difference is that the hand claps are a lot quieter and there's a little bit of bareness in the backing track. But let's talk about that amazing composition and production itself. Last year, Stephen Bray took to Instagram to talk about Into the Groove, and he said, We cut that vocal on a Tascam 8 track through a Ramza console with a Shaw 58. He's talking about the microphone that was used there. When Warners called to say that they wanted to release it as a single, I told Madonna she'd have to re-sing for the real version. So glad she was smart enough to respond, Why would I do that? Brackets, expletive deleted. Indeed, part of the song's success is its simplicity. And you'll know from other episodes that Madonna is always keen to keep things basic and to keep them slightly underground. But the song would be remixed by Shep Pettibone in 1987 as part of the You Can Dance project, a remix LP that was released just after True Blue. Shep's version was more than a remix, in fact he had additional production as his credit for the song, which included a lot more percussion and a piano interlude. And it's the multi-track stems of that version which have leaked onto the internet and which I will be playing you and trying to work out how it was all put together. So let's start, as ever, with the drums. You have a kick drum. Notice how that doesn't play on every beat, but simply the first part of the beat, or the ones as it's known. And that gives the song more of a swing feel. And this is the snare. Very simple in its sound, and with an occasional sort of skip to it here. And that's complemented with a hand clap. It sounds very different here without the gated reverb that you get on the finished track. Uh, along with this, you also get the hi-hat. Lovely skippy feel to that as well. Put it all together and you get the beat, which sounds like this. It sounds so much different with the gated reverb on the hand clap and snare. Gated reverb is a reverb, an echo, where the tail is sort of cut off abruptly. And it's quite a significant sound in 1980s pop music. Prince used it heck of a lot. But what of the drum machine creating that sound? Well, you'll remember from the Borderline episode that the Lynn drum machine was used very extensively in the 1980s, but there was a sort of counterpart to the Lynn drum machine, which was the Oberheim DX, a slightly cheaper version of the Lynn. It worked on the same principle and had quite similar sounds, particularly the snare drum and the toms are very similar, but there's quite a significant difference to the kick drum and the hi-hats and the way that it operated and was used was quite different as well. It wasn't the first time that Madonna had an Oberheim DX in her songs, the first one being Holiday in 1983, and of course that was produced by Jellybean. The DX had been preceded by the DMX, which was a much more complex and more expensive version of it, but Into the Groove isn't the most famous song to use the DX. 
In fact, that accolade goes to a song whose drum machine is probably one of the most famous in the world. And it is this song. Do you recognize it? Okay. It is, of course, New Order with their 1983 track, Blue Monday. In fact, it does sound quite like Into the Groove now I listen to it. I wonder if it was a source of inspiration for Madonna. Shep Pettibone would also remix a number of songs for New Order, but he finally got to do a Madonna track in 1986 with True Blue, although he expressed the fact that he would have loved to have remixed Into the Groove itself. That finally happened in 1987 with the You Can Dance project, and as mentioned earlier, Shep added a lot more percussion to the track, and I'm going to play you some of those elements now. First of all, there's a kabasa, a sort of shaker percussion instrument. And separately, you've got some conga drums. The song already has a more Latin feel. And added to that comes a cowbell. Shep doesn't hold back. Added to that is a whistle, a jawbone, and also these timbali drums. There's also this added tom-tom. And I don't know if this might actually be on the Stephen Bray production, but it's very low in the mix if it is. So what of that production? A few years after Into the Groove, Stephen Bray gave an interview to Smash Hits magazine and he explained, I come up with some ideas and send them to her on a cassette and she'll check them out and then we'll get together and work on the arrangement on the one she's chosen. Well, that sounds familiar to what Madonna was saying about writing the song whilst looking at a Puerto Rican boy. Stephen Bray continued, Madonna will do all the words and will have quite a lot of say in the song's final trimmings. I've always kind of made the ribcage and the skeleton of the song already, and she's there for the last things like the eyebrows and the haircut, I guess. And as for that skeleton, well, Into the Groove is completely synthesized. That wasn't unusual in the 1980s, but it is quite unusual for Madonna. Electronic music was at the core of the decade of Margaret Thatcher and Ronald Reagan, but I'm finding it hard to think of another single by Madonna which is completely synthesized. Certainly nothing before, hmm, maybe Thiever in 1993. Seriously, everything's got a bit of guitar in it or some percussion, but otherwise, uh, Into the Groove is synth only. And let's have a listen to those synths now. What you're hearing is the sound of the Roland Juno 106 keyboard. And that gets augmented by another Oberheim, this time it's the Oberheim 8 keyboard. That also plays in the verse. Another signature keyboard that's in this song, and I don't know which keyboard it is, but it plays a familiar bell-like sound. Of course, the other keyboard that's heard throughout the song is that fantastic bass line. And it's really interesting to hear it soloed. Um, I'm just going to play it first and then I'll talk about it. I'm going to play a fair bit of it because, well, it's just so great. So why does it sound so good? And why is it so at the heart of the song? Well, even in this calmer period in the verse, you might be able to hear that
that it's not just a bass, a, a low octave sound. There's kind of a mid-range and a high-range sound going on at the same time. It sounds very much like three instruments playing. Now, it could all be one keyboard with three separate oscillators. I don't know. It sounds a little bit like a Jupiter 8 synth. But I actually think that that's possibly several keyboards all locked together and playing that rhythm. Of course, the main reason that Into the Groove sounds so good is Madonna's melody, her lyrics and her vocal. Apparently Stephen Bray had tried to come up with a melody for the mid-late or bridge as Americans call it and was having lots of trouble. But Madonna came up with it much more easily. Let's listen to it first. Madonna's friend Erica Bell had been present during the recording process and witnessed the difficulties that the pair were encountering whilst creating this section. She said that Madonna just walked up to the microphone and effortlessly came out with both the melody and the lyrics for this part. But I actually think it works on a couple of levels. Firstly, Madonna's backing vocals, her harmonies in that section, are really powerful and almost louder than her lead vocal, despite being at a lower tone. But also the first time you hear them, it drags on for a really long time, far more than the eight bars that a middle eight tends to be constructed of. And of course it gets repeated again later in the song, that's quite normal with Stephen Bray and Madonna compositions. But it's that vocal, isn't it? Let's listen to Madonna's vox now. What you're hearing here is Madonna singing twice or double tracking and that gives a thickness to the sound. And you really notice it when she sings parts of the verse single track. And of course you can hear that really lo-fi quality that Stephen Bray alluded to. In fact, they're actually on the multi-track with that delay echo on them as well. There's a really interesting comment from Stuart Price. When he was doing the backing tracks for Madonna's reinvention tour and listening to these vocals, he commented on how lo-fi they were and sort of joked that you could hear the traffic of New York going on in the background. In fact, the intro has got quite a lot of sound on it. And you can dance. For inspiration. Come on. I'm waiting. That I'm waiting in particular is really quiet. And when Chet Pettibone did his remix of the song, particularly the version that ends up on the Immaculate Collection, he sort of drops the drums out from that intro. So it must have had to do a lot of work to get those vocals sounding as sharp as they do. Talking of Shep, he also added a few more things to the track, including some of his kind of gimmicks, as it were, such as the vocal chops that you hear here. Those vocals are chopped up and put through the emu sampler. That laugh, incidentally, is from True Blue. 
These vocal samples are throughout the whole of the multitrack. Also included are these parts. These stuttery sections would get used largely in the dub mix and the instrumental mix that was done. And if you recall from the interview with Tony Shimkin uh, a few episodes back, Tony said that they would lay off parts of the section, the verse, the intro, and do various effects on the fly, and then cut it together to create a, a final mix, as it were. And these elements were in the multitrack so that Shep would be able to do that. But the pièce de résistance, as it were, in Shep's version is, of course, the piano overdub. And in the liner notes for You Can Dance, it's talked about, uh, it explains, It was an impromptu one-take emulator run played by the session engineer Andy Wallace, which forms the extended piano break. Pettibone says, I had no idea what he played, he just started and it was really inspired. We were screaming, ah, and jumping all over the room. And that feels like an appropriate section for us to play out with today. Thank you once again for listening to Inside the Groove, Inside Into the Groove in this case. And don't forget to vote for us at the British Podcast Awards. And you might have a slightly longer than normal time to wait for the next episode, but it is coming. And I can tell you in advance that we will be covering Die Another Day from Madonna's 2003 album American Life. Until then, let's listen to that beautiful piano breakdown. (laughs) 